your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen every day. We're free and available on all streaming flat platforms. And you can follow Locked On Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes. And myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. In today's episode, it is part one of three of my interview with SB Nation's Canes Country, Andrew the managing editor of SB Nation's Canes Country, I should say. Um, in this episode, uh, or in this part of the episode and interview, I should say, uh, we discussed um, the takeaways from the game against Nashville on October 5th, uh, the good, the bad, as well as Seth Jarvis and other offseason moves that the Hurricanes have made. Um, enjoy, folks. I won't hold you guys up any longer. All right, Can- all right, Kaniacs. I am joined once again by Andrew from SB Nation's Canes Country, Inside Pack Sports, and now the Wilson Times. A man of many hats. Yes, yes, it is great to be back talking uh, Canes hockey with you, Jared. We've uh, there's a little bit to talk about. Yeah, a, a little bit. This is definitely going to be uh, multiple episodes for sure. Um, so let's just dive on into this. Um, last night, uh, the Hurricanes played the Predators at home in their third preseason game. Um, and for me, it was definitely a mixed bag of a game. There are a few good things, but definitely a lot of stuff that didn't look so hot, to put it nicely. Um, so yeah, let's start off with the good. Let's start off being positive. Um, for me, I think Seth Jarvis looked great. We'll definitely talk about him more later, but he looked good. Um, uh, I think Stephen Lawrence looked pretty good as well. Um, Jesper Faust decided to do something finally and score a goal. Um, cause one of my main criticisms of him, uh, heading into this season is, was kind of he hadn't really done a whole lot he just was kind of one that got lost in the shuffle um essentially at least in my eyes uh but for you last night what was some of the good yeah I think you touched on a lot of it already I think anytime you can have some offensive confidence for your bottom six guys going into the season it's a good thing and I think uh Steven Lorenz and Jesper Faust had both should have some after last night. They played really well. I, I think that was a pretty good, complete game from Faust. Uh, I thought that whole line was good. Obviously, I don't expect C.J. Smith to be on the opening night roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, they were good. You, you you mentioned Jarvis. I thought it was another game. Um, said, you know, he, he – interesting because that first preseason game that he played was more of like a – prospect heavy lineup for the hurricanes with like good number of veterans for the lightning on the other side. But last night was more of an NHL on NHL game 
mostly NHL lineup for the Hurricanes, mostly mm. NHL lineup for the Predators, and he really did not look out of place out there. He was b- making plays, battling in front of the net, battling on the boards. Um, re- really impressive stuff from him. And um, I-, I can touch on this more later if you want, but I think Rod, some of Rod Brindamore's con- comments about him last night were really interesting. Um, the other thing I would say last night was kind of the first nut time we got to see what I think will be the opening night six on defense, which is going to look a lot different from last year. Um, in with Jacob Slavin, Tony D'Angelo, Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, Ian Cole, and Ethan Bear. Kind of a mixed bag, but for the most part, I thought the the decor looked good. I thought uh, Ian Cole and Ethan Bear were really good. I yeah. thought um, Cole was physical and did um, you know a lot of kind of as advertised with the Hurricanes brought him in. Made a really nice stretch pass, too, on the game-tying goal for Boston. Ethan Bear, I thought, looked really good. He had um, five shots on goal and was just consistently getting the puck to the net from the point. I think there may be some offensive, untapped offensive upside there, and I think that's going to turn out to be a really good addition for the Hurricanes. Yeah, I, I agree there. I really like the Ian Cole-Ethan Bear uh, pairing. I think that uh, pairing has a lot of potential. Um, not only for on the ice, but for the memes, uh, Ian Cole and Ethan Bear. <laughs> Get Stephen Colbert there for a night. That'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah, it, and you mentioned Seth Jarvis. Uh, we'll definitely talk about uh, Brendan Moore's comments, Ian Cole's comments, uh, because there's a lot to digest with him. Um, good stuff to digest, uh, at least from his performance on the ice. Um but you know, at the end of the day, um, the Hurricanes ended up losing the game three to two in overtime. Um, which you know, it's preseason, so like it doesn't count. I but you know, with having a mostly NHL roster, that was a little frustrating, I guess you'd say. Um, because like for me, yeah, it is preseason. Um, and guys are still knocking rust off, you know, like on Toronto, he only played what nine games with Arizona last year. He didn't play a whole lot. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I expect, you know, him to have some rust. Uh, I've mentioned it before, but D'Angelo being in the same boat, um, of not playing at all really last year, he played what six games before he got yeah. released after his antics, we'll call it. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I expect those guys to have some rust. But, um, yeah, a big thing for me this season, which we'll talk about later on uh, in this recording, of top guys needing to step up um, and just make their presence known a bit more. Um, and that was something I didn't see last last night. Again, it's preseason, so that could be – Part of the reason there, um, they could just be like, eh, I know I'm making the roster. I'm not going to, you know, break my neck, essentially. Um, I hope that's not a mentality that guys have of they're going to give 50%. But um, there's definitely some rough stuff from last night. Um, For you, what was some of the bad? Yeah, I I don't know if I'd call it bad, just in terms of, like you said, it kind of is what it is like. Yeah. 
I'm not I'm not worried about Sebastian Ajo or Andre Svechnikov having a bad preseason game. Like you know what you're gonna get from those guys. The yeah. guys that you need to see stuff from are um the lineup right the new guys and the guys who are fighting for spots. And I think you did I think you did see that. Um Brett Pesci and Brady Shea, not their best outing. Uh they're gonna wanna take the tape of the first shift of the game in which Nashville scored and light it on fire um yeah and they had a, they had another one late in regulation and nashville almost ended it late in regulation so but again i mean like we we know what we're gonna get from those guys i, I don't think there's too much to be concerned about um i think the things that you actually want and need to see in a preseason game are for the most part the things that you saw and i i think you you pretty that's pretty much just all you have to take from that yeah. Um, yeah. I mentioned, uh, you know, Auntie Ranta, um, you know, him looking to have some rust, I guess you would say. Um, given there's definitely some bad defensive plays, you know, like that first one of that first shift of the game. Um, what do you think? And we'll talk about the new goaltending tandem later. Um, but for him, what do you see his workload being? this year and yeah, how long do you be, think it'll take for him to really just knock that rust off yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see i think um i think i think he looked better you know i, I don't think you can really take anything from that first game just because of mm-hmm. the players that were in front of him and the players that were on tampa um, yeah nothing really i think all three of the goals that he gave up last night were high danger chances he made some good saves uh Goaltending is probably the toughest position to evaluate in a preseason game. Yeah. But, you know, this is a guy who in the past when he's been healthy and that's, that's been a big if of if he can stay healthy, but he's been really good. And this is a guy I think who has a really high ceiling. I think, you know, you look at the contracts, you look at, I think the Hurricanes probably view Frederick Anderson as their number one going into the season, but I think, I think at the very least it, it'll be like a 60 40 split, maybe even 55 45. Maybe it becomes, you know, a really a pure tandem where, you know, sometimes the hot guy gets a couple games in a row, but for the most part, it's going back and forth. And I think, you know, you kind of need that. You Other than, you know, the situations like Tampa where you have Andre Vasilevsky, who's not human and can play probably seven days a week if they asked him to um, you need two goalies that can play and can play a lot, especially this year. It's not going to be quite as condensed as last year's schedule, but it's still going to be somewhat condensed when you factor in the fact that the NHL is as of this moment, we, we never know what might happen with COVID and all that going to the Olympics. So I think, I, I think you'll see a lot of both guys this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we obviously have talked about him a little bit already, um, but Seth Jarvis, a um, lot to d- digest with him um, in his situation. And we will be discussing all of that right after this quick break, folks. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching your sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. 
Well, I want to tell you a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all of your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling the remotes, and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, compatible device required, content varies by package. Hey Locked On Hurricanes fan, this is your host Jared Ellis with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use promo code HOCKEY and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code HOCKEY to get up to 50% a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out any time with your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code HOCKEY to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. All right, folks, we're back. And in the previous segment, yeah, we were talking about last night's game uh, against Nashville. But, you know, one of the standouts was Seth Jarvis, uh, the Hurricanes' first-round pick from uh, 2020. Um, and the guy or the kid really, he's not even a guy. I mean, he's 19 years old, um, something like that. Uh, he's still really young, but he is playing beyond his years. Um, and he is way too good to be going back to Portland. Um, but the system for prospects or whatever is really weird. Um, and you know, it really just kind of looks like there's no, apparent room on the hurricanes roster for him this season at least of where we sit right now um but what do you what do you think it would take for him to get out of portland um whether it be getting on the hurricanes roster um or you know moving over to like a european league for the hurricanes or or something like that what do you think it would take for Seth Jarvis to get out of Hurricanes prospect purgatory? Yeah, I can't see the Europe option. I think, you know, the hur- it, it it sucks if he has to play in junior, but it kind of is what it is. I, I can't yeah. see the Hurricanes wanting him to go that route. I think they'd rather keep him in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what it would take, I mean, the thing of what it would take to, to make the roster is for him to kind of blow the doors off and force a really difficult decision and, He's kind of doing that. I mean, he's played, he's been, he's looked good in camp. He had that great prospect showcase. He's, he hasn't looked at a place in these preseason games. And the interesting thing, uh, 
you know, last night, I there were three uh, questions to Rod Brindamore about Seth Jarvis. I asked him first, you know, just how he looked in the two games and where he's at in terms of trying to make the team. He said, you know, he doesn't look like a teenager in his first camp. He's impressive. He looks like he belongs in this league. He talked about what you said about how, you know, it would be unfortunate for a guy like that to play in junior and how the system, the way it's set up, definitely doesn't help kids like that and that, you know, they're going to take their time and really make this decision. You don't want to rush the kid, but that he's he's kind of doing all he can do to force their decision. So, I mean, I know, you know, they'd, they'd have to make some moves and it doesn't look like there's room. But at the same time, I mean, if the kid's ready and he may be ready and he, you know, he's your best option and your because the thing is you know you say like oh you don't want a kid like that playing in like the third or fourth line we don't want him playing on the fourth line but the thing is the way the hurricanes forward group is configured right now if he's playing anywhere in that top nine forward group he's going to be playing with some really good players mm-hmm. so you know I don't, th- th- it's going to be a fascinating week ahead i think for the hurricanes to figure out what they're going to do here. They, they have the option of that nine game trial, you know, to keep them up for nine games and really see in the regular season before they maybe send him back to junior before they would have to burn a year of his entry level contract, because it's the other side of this. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm advocating that this should be part of the decision. I'm just telling you, you know, obviously look hearing Rod Brindamore last night, seeing the look in his eye when talking about Jarvis, I don't want to put words in Rod Brendamore's mouth that he didn't say, but he sure looked and sounded like a person who wanted a kid on his team, who was becoming more and more sold. But of course, it's not just the coach's thought that goes into this. There's the GM and the roster and the business side of this too. Whereas say you, you keep Jarvis this year, you start his ELC, you've burnt, you've, gone down the first road of his ELC. After this offseason, Martin Natchez is is an RFA. Say you sign Martin Natchez to a two-year bridge deal. Then you have a new deal for Jarvis and Natchez in the same upcoming offseason. I'm I'm not saying that should be a factor. If Jarvis is good enough to play, he should play. But these are all things that a team, I think, is going to take into account, especially one that's going to be pushing the cap on an annual basis like the Hurricanes are. Yeah, it's definitely a lot to take into account with him. A um, lot of pros, a lot of cons. Um, but at the end of the day, say he does, they, they do that nine-game trial period, which by the looks of it, I think they'll probably do. Um, I, I think they're going to do that um, just to see because he he's playing like someone who wants to be in the NHL. Um, and you look at Brendan Moore's comments, you look at Ian Cole's comments, you look at all that stuff, you know, like the kid, there's potential there for him to go ahead and succeed in the NHL right now. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, let's say they do that nine game trial period. They decide to keep him at the NHL level. Um, who is the odd man out on the Hurricanes roster, in your opinion, in that situation? Well, I think as of right now, um, Josh Levo's path to making the team is already pretty 
thin because that's a guy they can just put on waivers and or trade. But the, the, see, this is where it gets really interesting because if if you've got the guy he's probably he's bumping out of the top nine forward group is yeah is obviously Jesper Fast. I think Jesper Fast goes on to your fourth line, and I think if Jesper Fast is on your fourth line because he truly deserves to be on your fourth line, you've got a really good hockey team. But that's where it gets interesting because you've got Derek Stepan, who I think is going to be your fourth line center, who I think can be a really good fourth line center for this team, bring some more offense from the fourth line. And then you've got basically two guys for that 12th spot on that fourth line wing in Jordan Martinook, who the Hurricanes just re-signed for three years and a shade under 2 million AAV. So that's not a guy you want sitting out. That And it's clearly somebody that Rod Brindamore very much wanted back here for what he brings both on and off the ice. Mm-hmm. He's not going anywhere. Um, so you're looking at a situation where a guy like Steven Lorenz is probably the odd man out as well as he's played uh, as good as he looked last night. And I know nobody wants to hear that because Steven Lorenz is a fan favorite, but if the Hurricanes were to find themselves in that situation, it would be a fantastic problem to have where Steven Lorenz is your 13th forward. Um, and the, the depth in this organization right now is just so far and above beyond anything that I have ever seen here. It's really something to behold so but yeah I mean that's the other side of the complicated decision making process is like you know where do you fit in but I think if Seth Jarvis with his game-breaking ability is good enough to play in the NHL now and again if he maybe is not that's fine you send him back you certainly don't want to rush the kid and hurt his development but um if he's ready to go I don't think the fact that you would have to bench Jordan Martinuk or Steven Lorenz should be something that stands in your way of making it happen. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, if the kid is ready, he's ready. Plain and simple. Um, and if he's going to help you win games, then he's going to help you win games, and he deserves to be there. It it sucks that they can't have him in the AHL. Um, yeah. It really, really does, um, because in his short stint there last year, um, when – you know, his junior league was still figuring things out, you know, him, Ryan Suzuki, and then a few other guys, you know, around, you know, were able to play in the AHL and Jarvis looked phenomenal. Um, in his short little stint there, he was leading, uh, the league offensively and he was great. Um, and I really wish, you know, they could just do something where he could be there. Um, you know, if he wasn't able to be on the Hurricanes roster, but that's just something at this point, time will tell. Um, it's a very long and complicated process, like we've already said, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but I think it'll be worth the wait um, for sure, whether it's this season, next season, whatever. Um, but, you know, we mentioned Derek Stepan, uh, re-signing Jordan Martinuk and a bunch of other guys. Um Hurricanes made a lot of offseason moves this year. Uh, they had a very busy offseason compared to years past where they really didn't do a whole lot. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on the Hurricanes offseason moves. And we'll be discussing all of this right after this quick break, folks. 
It's no secret, folks, that the job market is flooded with talent right now. Whether you're someone that's looking for a job or you're looking to hire some talent right now, Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible. Because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find the quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed partners with you every step on of the hiring process so you can find the talent with the skills you need through the tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description and you can even invite them to apply right away. With Indeed Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job posts, according to Indeed data. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it search in search, according to Indeed data. So you can get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post on Indeed.com slash locked on. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and condition apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, you longtime listeners know all about the greatness of Built Bar, but if you're new here and don't know about Built Bar, let me tell you. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is the best tasting protein on the market, and they have nine delicious original flavors, including, including coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, which is my personal favorite, salted caramel, strawberry orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Like I said, Double chocolate is my personal favorite. I love chocolate. What can I say? Um, but they also have limited time flavors coming in and out of the lineup all the time. So you got to check on that. Um, but regardless of if it's a limited time flavor or one of the nine originals, they are all covered in 100% chocolate and are soft and easy to chew. And say you've only tried one or two of those original flavors or you've never tried any of them. You can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And regardless of whatever flavor you get, all Built Bars are great for the health-conscious individual as they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. So right now, you can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order when you use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, folks, we are back with Andrew from SB Nation's Canes Country, Inside Pack Sports, Wilson Times, pretty much all of the above. He does it all. Uh, um, but, you know, we've been talking about, you know, last night's game, Seth Jarvis and where he will fit into the Hurricanes lineup. But the Hurricanes had a really busy offseason this year as compared to years past where they really didn't make a whole lot of moves. Um, this year, they did a lot. Um, and some good, some bad. Um, but yeah, I want to get your thoughts, Andrew, on the Hurricanes offseason moves. Uh, really just kind of simple things you liked, things you didn't like, just all that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, there's a lot to dive. There's a lot to dive into here. I guess we can start with uh, the position that technically saw the most change because all of its previous members are gone and there's two new ones in and that's the goaltending. Um, the Hurricanes traded Alex Nedeljkovic after an incredible season, really, from him. A Calder finalist season. I know that was not a popular move. I know you're a big Alex Nedeljkovic guy. Yeah, I'm looking at my jersey right now, sitting on the back of a chair. I I get the move from you know it, it at the time it struck me like, oh my god, what are you doing? Like you you have been searching and searching for your goalie of the future. You finally get it, and you trade him. Time goes on. I kind of get it from the Hurricanes perspective in terms of clearly going into the season, they did not think of Alex Nedeljkovic as part of their future plans. I mean, they put him on waivers. He had not had good years in the, in the AHL. And they're basically saying like he had a great 26 game run at the NHL level. We do not think he can sustain this. We do not think this is who he is. And that might be right. That that might be fine. Mm -hmm. And the logic of, okay, we want to go out and get some safer, more proven options. That's fine. That's sound logic. Yeah. Saying that, and then your safer, more proven options are Frederick Anderson, who has a good overall track record in his career, but is coming off a couple injury riddled and just really bad years. He he has not been good the past couple of years in Toronto. And Antti Ranta, who has been shown that he's been very good, but has not been able to stay healthy. I mean, there's, this could work out really well for the Hurricanes. I mean, both guys have clearly shown they have the ability to do it, but they're taking a lot of a risk at a position that is important enough that if the goaltending is, like if the goaltending's just fine, they'll be fine. If the goaltending's great, they'll probably win the Metro. If the goaltending blows up in their face, I think you and I have both been following the Hurricanes for long enough to see what that can do to an otherwise good team. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely in the Ned situation. Yeah, obviously, I'm a big big fan of Ned, and I'll watch him up in Detroit. Um, But, you know, on one hand, you know, I definitely obviously don't like the move um, of looking at it from, you know, again, You've been searching for years and years and years to have a goalie of the future, and you get it. You invested so much time and money in this kid, and then you just trade him away, and you don't even re-sign the guy you traded for. That was one thing that really bugged me. They never got a deal done with Bernier, so you literally ended up with, what, a third-round pick for Alex and Delkovich? Yeah, that bugged me there. Um, and then the contract situation, you know, as alleged, you know, he was asking for two years, 3.5 um, AAV. It, obviously, we don't know for sure. You know, we weren't in those conversations and whatnot. But then you look at what he signed in Detroit for. He signed for less, two years, $3 million. So he would have been willing to take less money. And he said, you know, he wanted to be here. He wanted to put his roots down here with his family. So, yeah, he probably would have taken a little bit less, like Jordan Martinuk. Um, and then, like you said, with your safer option is Auntie Ronson and Frederick Anderson. Um, that was eyebrow-raising um, because 
yes, Ned is young, bit unproven at the NHL level. So I understand you wanting a veteran, a reliable veteran um, to maybe carry more of the workload uh, of being the one a in a one a one B type situation. I get that. Um, and I think if you had just Anderson, I think that would have been all right. Um, Anderson and Ned, I think that would, could have been, that could have worked. Or if you, uh, got an extension done with Peter or James, I think that could have worked as well. Um, because both those guys are new to the system, but on the flip side, I do understand the business side of things of, okay, you know, we did put you on waivers. We didn't see you as a part of this team's future. Um, we have invested so much time and money into you, um, but you're still not where we want you to be. So it's best to just go ahead and cut ties now. So it, it's one of those things like it's a double-edged sword for me. Um, I don't like it, but I do still kind of, I get it. Yeah, no, there, there's, this is, I think the move that's going to play the biggest determining factor in how we look back on this hurricanes off season in terms of, all right, they, they, they knew what they were about. They knew what they were doing. They made the right moves. It got them over the hump or man, this, this regime made some, some choices that really set this team back when it was on a good run. Um, you want me to just keep going with the off season or. Yeah. Yeah. You can just keep going with that. Cause there's a lot right. of other moves they made. Right. We'll go to the blue line. Um, I'll start with the moves that I like. And I think that everybody liked them. I and I think Ian Cole, it's a really good addition. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who's a good, steady physical presence for your bottom six. Uh, really good leader and guy to have around in the locker room. Yeah, guy who's like that practice video they played last night during the game of him being mic'd up at practice. Yeah, yeah uh, I sent that to. Uh, I took a Snapchat of that and sent it to the uh, host of the Wild Show, uh, Seth, and he said, "Yeah, you're you're gonna love him." Um, yeah, I love the Ian Cole and Ethan Bear signings as well or trade for Ethan bear. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, Ian Cole too. I mean, he's a guy, he's, he's won a couple cups. He knows what it takes and he knows, you know, he's, he's kind of the kind of guy is like, you know, if we're not all here to win the Stanley cup, why are we here? Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's great. I think that's a great mentality to bring into your team. Ethan bear. I love um, that trade because I mean, Warren Fogle was what he was. He was a useful bottom six player. He, I don't think he was ever going to be anything more, especially here. And you bring in a guy and Ethan Bear fills a need on the right side of your blue line. Um, I think some, you know, good defensive guys, some untapped offensive upside. I, I think that's a trade that we could look back on really favorably for the Hurricanes in the years to come. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. With Fogle, I just, part of me feels, yeah, it sucks to see him go because he was here for a while. He was, you know, part of a lot here. Um, but yeah, I feel he kind of hits his ceiling here. I think, yeah, he was third line at best um, here for the Hurricanes. Um, and I think it was just one of those things. It was almost just time for a change of scenery for him. You know, maybe when he get well, he is up there in Edmonton now, but maybe, you know, he can find another level up there. Um, and I mean, I doubt he'll have much ice time with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Doubt he'll have much ice time with them, but you never know what can happen. Um, 
Um, there was, you know, that little stint last year where Brock McGinn just got hot and was played on the first line with Sebastian Ajo and Andre Svechnikov. You never know what can happen. Um, and it can just he could just find a whole new level to his game there. Um, and but we'll just have to wait and see what happens with him up there. Um, but yeah, I like the Ethan Bear move. I think he has a really high ceiling, and the Hurricanes have a history of developing talent really well. Um, you look at guys on the current roster, Sebastian Ajo, uh, Andre Svechnikov, Jacob Slavin, uh, past guys, uh, Justin Falk, um, Brock McGinn, uh, Alex Ndelkovich. Um, they're good at developing talent, so I think he's going to be in a good spot uh, for his game to grow. Um, I really do. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, the Hurricane, um, of course, we like the Jordan Martinuk move for stuff he brings on and off the ice. Of course we like that. I think that's a move that's really flown under the radar this offseason. Yeah. Um, I think that could partially be due to all the new names taking up the headlines of Marty just being here for several years now. Um, it's just like, all right, Marty's here. We know what we're getting with him. Um, but, you know, again, a lot of new guys um, and a lot of moves that people didn't like. Dougie Hamilton obviously being one of the big ones. Um, at the end of the day, do you think the Hurricanes ever stood a chance at re-signing him? Well, I don't – you saw what the defensive market turned into this offseason, and mm-hmm. you got you saw that he got the 7 by 9 from New Jersey – and if you believe the report, which I have no reason not to, Sarah is a fantastic reporter from Sarah Sivian, mm-hmm. that the the Hurricanes final offer to Dougie was eight by 6.2, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they really tried very hard to bring him back. Um, yeah. But that they can't have thought that that was going to get it done. I, I still wonder, you know, in a place that he was comfortable um, and wanted to, and I think, I don't like I don't think it was untrue that Dougie wanted to be here. He didn't want like significantly less than his value, but especially with being able to offer the eighth year or two, if the Hurricanes would have even offered like, you know, maybe not have had to go nine, if the Hurricanes would have even offered like eight by seven point five, that's might they have been able to keep him. And I, I I think it comes down to, you know, you heard Dom Waddell talk, you know, when you're thinking about giving out a big contract like that, you have to think about you know, your future business, you've got to sign Martin Natchez. You had, they had to sign Spechnikov. There's going to be other guys who are going to come up. You know, I think Aho, Teravainen, Slavin, Pesci all would have come up for new deals over the life of a Dougie Hamilton eight-year contract. Um, The thing is when you're in a cup window, you're going to have to sign a bad contract sooner at some point. Um, and, and you kind of just have to ask yourself, you know, who are the guys that I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to pay this guy. I'm going to keep this guy no matter what it takes. And I'm going to figure the rest out. Clearly the hurricanes did not view Dougie Hamilton as one of those guys. Time will tell if they're right. I am on record as I think he, he should have been. I, I think, you know, they had an elite talent. Dougie Hamilton is one of the very best defenseman in the NHL I think you know for a team with cup aspirations to let a talent like that walk um, is a mistake 
And I think he's the kind of guy that you figure that out. And I mean, we've seen this offseason. If that deal aged horrendously into the last couple of years of that, there's always an Arizona that's going to come along and take your bad contracts off your hands for you if you float them a draft pick. So, yeah. Um, but I, I, like I said, you know, me personally not liking some of these moves, I can understand why the Hurricanes made them. It's just a matter of, whether or not they're correct in their logic and time will tell. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree there. Cause Dougie is just like, like you said, you know, one of the top defensemen in the league um, and you lowballed him like that. Yeah. You know, if again, those reports are to be believed, which I do think they are of him wanting to be here probably would have been in a boat like Jordan Martinuk, where he probably would have, taking a bit of a discount to stay here if it was worth it, you know, obviously, uh, eight Within years, reason, six yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just that much of a low ball that I get him walking. Um, and at that point it, it's a little frustrating that you had lost one of the best defensemen in the league for absolutely nothing. Um, you didn't even get a pick. It, it's not a thing of like, all right, this deal isn't going to get done. All right. Yeah, that is what it is. Um, we're going to trade your negotiating rights to wherever. Um, and we're not going to walk away empty handed from this. Um, and that was the thing of, that was a little frustrating. There is just, they got nothing. That's typical North Carolina pro sports there of you have a great talent and then they walk in free agency and then you got nothing. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, with goaltending going back there, do you think the Hurricanes ever stood a chance of re-signing Peter or James? I don't know if they, you know, I don't, with Reimer, I, I mean, I think that's a, I, like, I think Anderson and Grant are both upgrades over Reimer. He was a mm-hmm. fine goalie. Um, Marazic is the interesting one, right? Because he, he signed with for less in Toronto than Frederick Anderson signed for here. Yeah. And that's something I would have been interested in doing. But the, the other thing you got to look at with him is like, obviously he hadn't really been healthy much this past year, but when he was, he was really good. And they gave the crease other than the, you know, the couple games against Tampa, they gave the crease to Nadelkovich mm-hmm. in the playoffs. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm purely speculating here that that played any, any bit of a role in Mrazic saying, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else, but yeah, it's certainly possible. Yeah, I, I've when everything was when we were heading to free agency, I thought that would probably play a factor into him potentially leaving. Of he came here to be a number one goaltender, um, and he was for a while, but then yeah, you know, he got hurt, and then you know someone took his spot. You know, everyone yeah you know, sees that you know, TikTok sound of uh you know Doc Hudson from Cars or whatever, you know getting put back together and coming back, expecting a big welcome yeah. and moved on to the next rookie. Uh, and yeah, you know, I could definitely see that frustrating him for sure. Cause obviously in interviews, you know, he's not going to say he didn't like the fact that he wasn't playing. Of course. He's, right. Of course. He's not going to say that. Um, but you know, I figured like, you know, it's just kind of one of the things like, did they make a push to keep him? Um, because, you know, he was your number one goaltender for a few years. And then with Reimer, uh, 
because I think you know, if they had kept Ned and kept Peter, that would have been really good 1A, 1B type tandem. Um, two guys that know the system, you know what you're getting. Um, and on the flip side with Reimer, um, you know, I felt you know, they had a better chance to re-sign him over Peter um, just because of Peter being younger at the time thinking he would want more money. Um, and then, you know, him not being as frustrated from losing the number one spot, the Ned of Reimer, like, all right, he's an older guy. You, he's not going to be one to, you know, go chase the bag kind of deal. Um, and yeah, he would have been willing to take a, that backup role of, all right, Ned was at the time you thinking your number one Reimer would have been your number two. You, you have that solid veteran that you're wanting and he's a guy that knows the system and can win games for you because he definitely did uh, over his tenure here. But obviously we ended up with Anderson and Ranta. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be really, again, you know, I keep harping on this, but th- this is the decision that's going to play the biggest role in how this hurricane season goes. It could go great. It could go terribly more likely there's going to be some kind of a middle ground in it. Like, I think it'll be fine. I think especially playing in behind the Hurricanes defense and guys like Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci and Brady Shea, these guys will be able to do, you know, plenty. And the Hurricanes will be fine. They'll be a good, solid playoff team. I just wonder if the ceiling is as high for guys like that as it would have been maybe for guys like Nadelkovic and Morazic. Yeah, that's just something we'll have to wait and see, though. Um, but that does it for this episode, folks. Um, obviously we're going to keep talking to Andrew in the next episode. So stay tuned for that folks. Um, and we'll talk to you guys later. Once again, folks, I do hope you really enjoyed this first part of the interview that I had with Andrew, uh, from Kane's country, a lot more good stuff to come on. Uh, in the next two episodes of Locked on Hurricanes. Really enjoyed sitting down and talking to him, so make sure you go follow him on all of his social media. Um, and, of course, follow Locked on Hurricanes at LO underscore Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram, and myself on Twitter at Ellis underscore 96. And as always, I'd like to thank you for making Locked on Hurricanes your first listen of the day. And, of course, in the next episode, we'll be continuing this conversation with Andrew, um, where we'll be diving into uh, some of what you know, he thinks is going to be big storylines for the season, what it'll take for a successful season, unsuccessful season, um, stuff like that. Um, we'll be discussing that in the next episode. Now, make your second listen of the day, Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and your experience every day to help you be the expert in your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. It's going to be available on whatever platform you're listening to this on. I need to listen to that because I need to prepare for my upcoming fantasy hockey draft. And you need to as well. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode.